Hello and welcome to the Dead Darlings Book Club. I'm Hannah Hutzba. I'm Laurie Eves. And I'm Rebecca Cooney. This month's book is Bless the Daughter Raised by a Voice in Her Head by Warsan Shire, chosen by Rebecca. Rebecca, why did you choose this book? Um, just because like Warsan Shire is one of those poets where the first time you encounter one of her poems, um, and it's usually home or mm-hmm. for women who are difficult to love, um, you just go, fuck, that's so fucking good. Um, you know it's one of those words it's beautiful and it hurts a little bit that you didn't you didn't write it you know what I like it's just it's just so beautiful Mm. and clever and simple like it's one she's definitely a poet that I feel like or those poems in particular poems you want to give to other people and go look this is the thing I want to say Mm. Uh, and I've definitely I've written out like cards to friends who've been through shitty breakups with for women who are difficult to love in it hmm. i love her stuff so yeah and she's kind of she's been around on the scene for a very very long time um she's kind of just one of those kind of upper echelon poets and then yeah actually this is the first time she's had her own book even though like like her poems have been published in first places full collection mm. first full collection and she's just this very well-known poet and very well known outside of poetry and i just was like yeah i want to read this yeah. and yeah. i want to talk about it and my mum bought it for <laughs> yeah. me for christmas so here we are yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the work with Beyonce was was quite a good reason for it to break into the mainstream. Yes, indeed. So yeah, so let's talk about the collaboration with Beyonce because I didn't really know that was a thing. Yeah, I understand that she wrote the poetry that was in Lemonade, the visual album version of of that album, which was obviously huge. And yes, I've got the DVD. And also then the follow-up film black is king as well they collaborated on that as well i I haven't seen that one i admit yeah Yeah, so having some big collaboration big name collaborations obviously hasn't hurt i i i understand like she moved to la and then uh like literally like got a call from beyonce's management being like do you want to come come and write some poetry for beyonce like it's it's crazy yeah no matter no matter how brilliant a poet you are it's a big break. <laughs> That's got to be a surreal moment, right? Like, yeah, yeah for sure. On the phone. All right, the biggest of big names. Um, it's great. They they like rang her up apparently and were like, "Do you would you want to fly to LA?" And she was like, "I'm here. <laughs> Come pick me up." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Beyonce picks the best people to collaborate with as well. Like, she did a thing with Chimamanda and Gozi Adichie, right? Or, like, they spliced Chimamanda uh-huh. and Gozi Adichie mm. into one of her songs, which, like, oh, yeah, okay. She picks good collaborations. When are we going to see the Antonia Jade King Beyonce collaboration? When is it happening? It's got for? to happen one day. We do need to prep AJ enough that she doesn't explode with joy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, yeah there's, you need to navigate these things carefully. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real and medical uh-huh. risk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, you've got this weird situation where this book has come out as a debut after having Jesus. done more than one collaboration with Beyonce. So it sets you up in a certain way. Yeah, and that that's the hype is deserved. We should probably start by saying... <laughs> mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. This, this and there was a lot of hype when it came out. Oh, yeah. I yeah. But I think, like, home is one of those I think I said when I was gushing earlier like oh mm. you wish you'd written it 
fucking obviously, of course, I could not have written this poem. I am a white mm-hmm. lady from England who's always lived happily in England and never had to flee for my life. Of course, I could not have fucking written it. But there's something <laughs> about, and again, I know we've had this conversation on the podcast before about poetry that is very simple in what it's doing. Mm. And that doesn't make it simplistic or bad or easy or anything mm. like that. But there's something about home where it is just a series of fucking brilliantly put together images hitting you in the face mm. fucking brilliantly for the entire <laughs> poem. Like yeah. it is just, you know, it, it's not kind of, you know, there's not stuff you've got to ponder over. It is just no one leaves home unless home is the mouth of a shark. Boom. It, you know, no one puts their child in the boat unless the water is safer than the land. It just is just hitting you with these incredible images. And they're very simple, but they're so just breathtaking. And watching someone do that, you sort of go, oh, I wish I could do that. I know words. Technically, yeah. I could put words together like that. But if I put together words in half as brilliant a way, at some point in my life, I will fucking die happy. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's something about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah and with there's... that poem in particular, I mean, it is this series of of images piled on top of each other. I mean, it's, it's almost like the Hero Lindsay Bird poems we talked about in a previous book club. Where except you I like kind of too. pile one image on top of the other, whereas except Hannah likes it this time uh, because uh, Hero Lindsay Bird was going for this kind of very surreal kind of edge to it, whereas mm. this is much more. Like the narrative is a lot clearer in these ones. With uh, Hero Lindsay Bird, I would honestly lose track of what the original clause of the sentence was from one page to the next without the thing concluding, whereas. The, you always know where you are in these poems with with the exception of for me a bunch of words i had to look up although the, there is a glossary at the back for various words which i only clocked about halfway through uh but it's very useful for yeah, same. <laughs> things like somali words i really I not know. this is a this is a publishing point rather than a poetry point but I really loved how Joelle Taylor's book had the glossary at the fl- at the front. Please, can we right. have more books with the glossary right. at the front? I just because you you always it know it's helps. there, and yeah, yeah, and you could swat up if you wanted to. Yeah, and you, you know you're meant to swat up. Do you know what I mean? Because there's some poems I'm like, okay, I can go away and look this up, and I should do, but clearly the writer mm. doesn't give a shit whether I get it or not. And then you get to the end, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, actually, they kind of want you to be on board with this. Or you'll be like, I do want to look this up, but I am quite far underground on my commute while I'm reading this and I will have forgotten the word by the <laughs> yeah. time I surface. I am um, behind for a book club episode, damn it. <laughs> I've got to get things done. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, that was what was quite to kind of move away from home and into kind of more of the structure of the collection, because I think there were there mm. were loads of surprising things about the collection. There was much mm. more to it than I sort of thought there was going to be. It probably was slightly different to what I was expecting in a good way. Um, mm. But one thing was, I also finished this while I was on a train. And I had bugger all else to do. I know I'm coming on. I think, OK, I'll just flip over and start again, which I would never mm. normally do with a poetry collection. Mm. Mm. But there is time. so much. The final poem of this collection is Nail Technician as Palm Reader. And it's a technician sort of looking at her hands and sort of uh, reading her palms and saying, um, I see your daughters and their daughters. And she starts having dreams of the the babies coming out of her. One of them is kind of um, kind of coming out of a slit in her stomach. Uh, and it's quite a visceral, like unpleasant image of childbirth as trauma. Childbirth is taking something from the mother. Childbirth is as sort of loss. If you then, like I did, turn around and flip back to the first poem, what you get is, it's called Extreme Girlhood, A Loop, 
a girl born to each family prelude to suffering. Mm-hmm. Bless the baby girl, call of dissatisfaction, patron saint of not good enough. And you're like, fuck, it just, it so beautifully ends and comes back to the idea of being a loop. Um, which just like, yeah, like you wouldn't necessarily get that unless you have to be stuck on a train and like, yeah, yeah fuck it. Like, I just, I love that so much. Um, and I mean, yeah. the, the kind of, all the way through it, there is this imagery of the female body as well. So there's a collection about a lot of them are dealing with being a refugee, but a lot of that is also about where that is written on the body and particularly the female body and the sort of... Hmm. The shit you go through to stay alive. Yeah, mm. the kind of connected traumas that, that stem from this one trauma and where in the body trauma is hiding. And there are so many mm. different places where it kind of, it, it crops up for different people in different ways. Hmm. Um and that kind of, yeah, that ending with this childbirth image and starting, I guess, really, mm. uh, yeah, as someone that kind of probably on balance does want kids, but it's quite ambivalent. I really fucking felt that last poem that sort of, it, you know, Oof. it, it, yeah. it, it is coming out of you bodily in a really unpleasant way. It's a collection about motherhood, just from mm. the title itself, Bless the Daughter Raised by a Voice in Her Head. I understand that Warsan kind of raised her siblings and then had kids herself and and i remember reading I was, there's a really good piece in the guardian where she is interviewed by bernardine everisto that, was, that came out around oh, the time wow. the collection came out and uh, they were talking about that and also how a lot of the collection they talked about how it was written and she was saying i i wrote it like while my like kids were running around and the television was on and like <laughs> just like it wasn't like i needed peace and quiet and sit down with my yeah. you know with when and no sound can disturb me it was no these these poems were written while chaos was swirling around me <laughs> and yeah. i was raising kids and and having the telly on at all times and that and that's how i wrote it <laughs> mm. and that does come out like in the poems there are always people coming in and out of rooms there is this kind of you know slight kind of claustrophobia of different characters coming in and out of each other's lives and and mm. and, and look at each other and you kind of go oh okay i could see how you know, partly that is about kind of you know the refugee experience the immigrant experience but it's also you're like oh yeah in that context actually that makes quite a lot of sense there are just always family members coming in and out of these poems yes and there's a lot of blessings um throughout yeah. the collection for various people, um, people connected directly and people not connected directly. Yeah, like huge numbers of the huge numbers of the poems are bless this person, bless that person. One of them is bless your ugly daughter. One of them is bless Grace Jones, and it's kind of an ode <laughs> to how awesome Grace Jones is. That was absolutely gorgeous. Um, bless the camels, bless the moon, bless the blood, and it does have this religious theme throughout it. With she came from uh raised muslim in somalia and then came to the uk then came to the states and it's got this kind of wide wide multi-faith strands mm. throughout um or that that has informed the, the work the blessing sometimes is in a specific religious context sometimes it's kind of you know the blessing that elders are, are giving on, on on to younger people sometimes it's it's more colloquial uh sort of mm. bless them and sometimes it's like so um bless the cameo which is like bless the cr- cruel person Mm. Um, and it kind of says, God help those who gossip on the phone after Maghrib and kind of goes on about all these kind of these women gossiping. And at the end, it says, we've witnessed love slowly abandon you still. We pray you find healing, bitch. Mm. <laughs> uh, which is such yeah. like... <laughs> um, I was actually... I was, I was spending some time with my family at the weekend and it was my mum, my mum's sister, her two daughters, and we were... 
talking about some other more extended family members who won't listen to this podcast so it's fine um <laughs> and that sort of collective rage of a group of familial women directed against other familial women who have done mm. us wrong us and ours wrong mm. is there is a real spite there that is oh, really well. kind of almost warm <laughs> and comforting in its exist like yeah that's just what made me think of this it's bonding other things that aren't so warm and comforting in it though um no. it's mm. a collection are there like um the drowning in dawson's creek for example is a really mm. interesting oh um, god talks in the um I was going to say epigraph, but it's afterwards, which would be epitaph, but that makes it sound really, like, grim. Which It is quite grim, so maybe that is the right word. Yeah. Um, where it's a poem about a woman in the US uh, who was murdered, a Somali woman, and she was found in the water um, and was misidentified as Caucasian for over a decade, um, which is just a fascinatingly grim mm. story um, to make a poem out of. But that that's then woven into uh, the poet had grown up watching a lot of Dawson's Creek and daydreaming about yes. the wonderful romantic teenage mm. in a similar landscape. Um, and, and that mm. is... That is a really uncomfortable juxtaposition that is done really, really well. Um, mm. Mm. But then there's an unexpected because that kind of there are a couple of these sort of real life cases that that that, that yeah. kind of grabbed your attention. And the other one was the Victoria Climbier case at the end, mm. which I yeah. just thought was incredibly beautiful. And because so you're right, you've got the drowning in Dawson's Creek and the kind of reference to Dawson's Creek the TV show, and then it takes it off in this one a bit about being in the babysitters club and imagining being white and going to high school and being the white blonde girl in a white room in a white house. Uh, you know, and, and everything that, that is tied into that. But then, yeah, towards mm. the end, there is this absolutely beautiful poem about um, Victoria Climbier, who was a little girl who, I, I mean, I remember this being a big deal. So she was murdered by her great aunt and a great aunt's boyfriend. Uh, she was a little child that had come from um, the Ivory Coast. And it was one of those horrific cases where she like that everybody missed it and there were so many opportunities and they could have done better. Mm. And this part, this so you've had the woman who's been murdered and found in the river, and then you've got Victoria Climbier swimming in paradise in in sort of milk, but sort of swimming in a river type environment and being looked after and mothered in a way that she never was in real life. And I kind mm. of I didn't see that echo mm. coming actually, and it was beautiful, mm. like it really worked. Yeah, and there's like a lot of these poems are really autobiographical. Yeah. There's one called Backwards, which I had come across previously in a writing workshop i can't remember which one off the top of my head but just as an incredible example um um and it starts uh, the poem can start with him walking backwards into a room he takes off his jacket and sits down for the rest of his life that's how we bring dad back and it's about imagining like the dad leaving and subsequent violence with the, the mother gets with someone else who's a violent shit um and it it's Im imagining undoing that rewinding the tape and like undoing all of those images um mm. stepdad spits liquor back into a glass and the structure um, of the poem does that and then yeah half i can't remember the actual name is it a mirror poem and then the lines reflect back in the opposite order and it's it's a kind of almost a very mm. meta use of that form and it is absolutely masterful it is mm. it works both it's ways it's just a really I hard form to do well 
Mm. Like, yes. I know I've I've tried that form. I know other poets have tried it with varying success, and yeah. it's really hard to do. It's yeah. the sort of poem you get when people are trying to make a point, political point of some sort, very earnestly, and they won't print both of it. They'll go now read it from the bottom back up, and it means the opposite or something <laughs> like that. And it's so. I just find that so irritating. So even just on a form <laughs> thing, the fact that it's got the poem printed both ways, like yeah. that it, it, it does, it does fold in half. Like uh, it made me think of like you know when you're a kid and you make butterflies out of paper mm-hmm. and you paint the wings on one side and you fold it over, uh, that yeah. sort of thing. Um, but yeah, like like you're right. It's the sort of thing that is people do, and it's it's quite hard to do really well. Um, yeah. And this this really works. It takes a lot of craft to do that well. Yes, we've all read quite bad examples of it, so I think it's, <laughs> it's um, nice to see it done well. Um, yeah. The photographs of Huyo is a really interesting one structurally as well, taking these different little snapshots through time um, from 1990 to 2000, um, just each stanza being a different year um, is a lovely way of doing that poem, um, Huyo being mother. And again, tying in with those themes of motherhood that the um, that the collection has. Um, one thing that's that I've spoken to other people about about this collection is um, I've spoken to one or two people who kind of when we were talking about the hype of it, a lot of the poems were in previous publications, her two pamphlets that came out before this one. Um, I think it kind of holds together well as a collection, but it's interesting. Like, I think to people who are not in the poetry world, it's like, oh, great, cool, first collection, I'll read it. And people who, I, a couple of people I've spoken to have been like, oh, well, it's good, but it's poems I've read before um, <laughs> in oh, wow. those earlier pamphlets. Um, and I don't know, I don't, I don't say that to detract from it. It's just interesting to think mm. that this is a collection that's obviously been put together over a long period of time and kind of collaging bits yeah. and pieces from earlier pamphlets yeah but i think with something that is a story of trauma and loss and memory like i think that's always that's that that can work because you do have different views of trauma of your own trauma at different points in your life you do come mm. back to think about your life in different ways i guess i think it's a real testament to the work and the curation of the work that you can't really see the seams given that it ha- a lot of these mm. pieces have had this other life the fact that they all hang together mm. as a really cohesive collection, I think, is is a real testament to how how good the work is. Um, and also, like, as a poet who is ummed and awed about, do I submit that thing to a competition or do I hold that back? Like, I, I it honestly mm. gives me a little bit of hope <laughs> that there is that you don't have to have a perfectly curated, pristine, virgin collection where no poem has ever seen the light of day before before you're allowed to like. Yeah share it i think i think this feels very natural Mm. also pamphlets seem to have a bit of a shorter shelf life sometimes i don't Mm. know i think pamphlets are more often gig merch obviously like wasn't jira is on like a different Mm. level to any of us or any of the most of the people we know any of the people we know um so that might not quite follow through but i think of pamphlets as like slightly more not disposable but like slightly less official 
I think I think you can mm. have a few pamphlets and then a collection, and as long as there's some new stuff. So another thing I think is really interesting about the collection, just from a publishing point of view, um, is you'll notice in the front dust jacket it says it's actually licensed from Flipdie to Penguin. So Flipdie, the small independent press, have made a deal with Penguin um, rather than Penguin directly owning the um, the manuscript. That's kind um, of fascinating. Which I think is a very cool mm. thing for a small press to be able to do, to be able to leverage that. And I think it's very cool of Warsan as a writer to to mm. broker that kind of a deal. I'm not sure how it was brokered, but mm. from a publishing point of view, that's just a very cool thing to yeah, yeah. have as a setup that the small press uh, who published her first uh, two pamphlets is still involved and still benefiting from mm. this major release, I think is a really cool thing about yeah. the way that it's been done, this particular collection. I'd like to see more of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember the little guys that gave you. Yeah. It's supporting your small press while also getting you that big, you know, mainstream um, distribution and, and awareness which the book deserves and it's just a cool way to have done it yeah because realistically if penguin random house came knocking no one's turning that down like yeah so it is it is very cool yeah Um, yeah brilliant um so yeah so overall i loved it i thought it was brilliant would thoroughly recommend it Mm. um like i say there were there were some kind of so it, it went off to a place I wasn't really expecting and there was just, yeah, it, mm-hmm. I, I just thought it was fabulous. Would yeah, great. It's not always an really nice easy collection. read, but it is incredibly done and, yeah, ex- extremely recommend. Cool. Yes. I think we're giving it three thumbs up, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> so that's Bless the Daughter Raised by a Voice in Her Head by Warsan Shire and it's out now on Vintage, licensed from Flip Type. Mm-hmm. 